Hello, 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 and welcome back to the SLP Corner podcast. This week's guest is Demi Fritz. She is a private practice speech language pathologist based out of Chicago. So we have another US <laughs> SLP on the podcast. Um, today, we're going to be talking all about resumes, interviews, um, job negotiations. We're going to kind of dive into that. You might be familiar with Demi already um, from her Instagram SLP resume. But before we dive in, Demi, can you quickly introduce yourself and share a little bit more about um, SLP Resume? Everybody, I'm so excited to be here. Shannon, thank you for having me on. Um, so just a little bit about me is I work in a private practice setting and I work with kids mostly using the natural language acquisition format. So if you follow meaningful speech, that's kind of my jam too. Um, and then I started SLP resume because if you've ever Googled speech and language pathologist resume, you'll know why I started it. There is literally nothing on the internet that is tailored to speech and language pathologists. And I was really tired of that. So I dove into research. I made a lot of connections with employers. I made a lot of connections with graduate school administrators. And I got a lot of really great information. And that's kind of the birth of SLP resume. I'm, I'm really excited to dive into this topic because I so often get questions from new grads um, or just SLPs who are changing jobs and they're like asking me for tips and I'm like I honestly I, I don't know I'm not like I'm not someone who knows a lot about this topic so I'm just really happy to have you on as a resource for people to kind of get more guidance. Um, to start off with do you have some tips for resumes I know like that in itself is usually like the start. We're like, okay, at least let's get our resume in order before. Yes. So do you have any tips for resumes? Yeah. thing I want to say about this is resumes are very individualized. So I will give you guys some tips, but they are definitely not like black and white. Like there's a lot of gray zone with resumes. There's a lot of things that will apply to somebody, but maybe not to yours. So I just want to make that clear because I think sometimes we'll look at the resumes and are like, well, wait, I have this though and this and nobody's the same. So <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Um, so my first tip I'm going to give you guys is that resumes can be two pages. Now, what the business world has done is basically said one page resumes only because they're having a lot more influx of um, hires or like going through HR departments and they have to be really quick and vamp. Um, we don't. We don't really go through HR departments. We go through um, like schools. We go through hospital settings. We don't go through necessarily an HR department. So two-page resumes are totally allowed. Um, the only thing I will say, the big caveat with this is making sure that they are very different. Like each experience outlines a different um, trait or knowledge or skill that you learned because you don't want us to be repetitive at all. Um, next little trick I'm going to give you guys is accomplishments versus responsibilities. I think this is my biggest tip. If you guys learn anything at all from this podcast, this is the one, um, focus on talking about your accomplishments instead of your responsibilities. So what I mean by this is let's say on your resume, you have data col or collected data for clients. Okay. That's so general one. And two, What's the result of that? Why are you collecting data? Let's showcase that. So you could say um, collected data to tailor treatment plan to client and infuse new evidence-based practices to support progress. You want to include the results from your actions in your resume. 
now. This is a lot easier said than done. Um, I know this is something that a lot of people struggle with because it's really easy to get bogged down in that responsibilities and duties and help to, and, you know, we don't want to focus on that. We want to focus on what the actions were. Um, and then maybe like the last big tip that I'll give is, hmm, I've got so many. <laughs> um, let's talk about formatting a little bit. So graduates, SR resumes are different than clinical fellows resumes. And those are even different than professional SLPs resumes. The formatting of this is what makes them so different. So for example, for a graduate school resume, I'm gonna include clinical observations. I'm gonna include headers that outline um, relevant experiences. I'm gonna talk about volunteer experiences, community involvement, that kind of stuff, because that's what grad schools are looking for. When you're talking about CFs, I might not dedicate as much space to those things, not because they're not important, but just because we wanna showcase more of what your clinical experiences are as opposed to your volunteer and community involvement and relevant experiences are. We wanna see why you're gonna be a good clinician. And then professional experiences, we're not even gonna talk about your grad school placement so much. There'll be a small blurb on there if they're really relevant to the job you're applying for, but we really wanna focus on your professional experiences. So those are my kind of three tips for resumes and yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. thank you for walking through that. So two pages. Um, so this is something that comes up a lot. So you would say like no more than two, right? I don't know. Unless you have a CV, which I would say the audiologist, shout out to any audiologist listening, those um, applications for grad school mostly need CVs, um, but pretty much everybody else should have a resume and it should be two page max. Absolutely okay. no more. Yeah. Because sometimes I've seen people say like, but I can't delete anything. It's like, no, you, you can. cannot, you cannot go over the two pager. Um, okay. <laughs> Good. And then the other, I love accomplishments over responsibilities. That's even like, that's a takeaway that I'm going to think about when I update my resume too, because so often if we do work in a research lab or something, we'll say what we did, but then it's like, but well, what was the outcome? What, what did you achieve? What did you accomplish? And that's such a good point. It's such a um, clear takeaway. I really like that one. And then for formatting, I have some additional questions that I've gotten from people like color, font, like, do you have any, like some just hard and fast kind of rules for that? Or what are your thoughts on like, cause sometimes people are like, but I want to show a little bit of my personality. Like, what are your thoughts? This is a great question. I get this one a lot and I appreciate you asking it because I think it's one that really helps a lot of people out. Um, for font, no Times New Roman. I hate it. It's boring. It's blah. Nobody likes it. It's hard to read. It doesn't look pretty. Just don't use Times New Roman. Um, I do have a post on my Instagram at SLC Resume um, that has like the top eight like resume fonts. So go check that out. Um, and then color. I love color. I do. I know. I do. I love color. I think it's so good. And I think it's so important to use because it makes your resume stand out and makes it pop a little bit. Um, color choice. So if you guys haven't noticed, if you don't follow me on Instagram, I love blue. Um, blue is kind of my color because, and there's a reason behind this. Um, when you're researching colors, I who, I mean, who researches colors? I do, I guess, because I'm a crazy person, but I research colors and I wanted to find a color that 
um, signifying trust and signified power and signified um, beauty in a way, like just very serene and calm, cool, collected. And I felt like blue kind of like had all of that. Um, so that's why like when you watch juries, like, or the, like, if you ever watch like crime shows or whatever, like the defendants usually in blue because they want the jury to like trust them. Yeah. It's that's interesting. fascinating. I love yeah. fun fact. Okay. <laughs> fun fact of the day. Um, so yes, I like blue. Um, pretty much the only thing that you'll see that's the same on any of the resumes that I do is the color blue. Um, so I try to change up fonts. I try to change up formatting as much as possible. Um, but blue will always be consistent. I love blue. So um, just on that too, I've seen photos on resumes before, and I think this is one to talk about. Don't put photos on resumes. It's a liability for the company. It's a liability for the graduate school, and it'll literally get your resume thrown out pretty quickly. So just avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good one to touch on. I like color too on my resume. So I was like interested in what you were going to say. Cause I'm like, <laughs> yeah. is that bad? <laughs> no, I love it. I, I honestly like, there's other colors that look nice on a resume. I like greens too. Greens always look nice. Don't do brown. I've seen brown. I think no. there's a Google template, like a Google resume template that's brown. And it just, no, no, don't do no, that. We don't, we don't love a brown. <laughs> no, don't do brown. <laughs> Okay. Okay. That was, that's so helpful. It's so clear. I love, I love how you just laid that out. Um, okay. So we have our resume now interviewing. Can you give us some takeaways for interviewing? This can be such a high stress situation for so many people. And I think that, um, really any guidance or advice would be so appreciated, be appreciated because, um, I find like resumes, like you can control that and everything interview, there's less control. It's a higher stress situation. So yeah, any takeaways or any pieces of advice? Okay, so first tip is, this seems really obvious, but breathe. Um, basically when you are in an interview, your body goes into that fight or flight response. Okay, so if you're in an interview, have you ever just like been like, <gasps> and nothing comes out? Or you're the person that does and talks a whole bunch and it like just kind of merges together. And then you say the same thing over and over and over again. A really simple way to kind of help break that is to take a breath before you answer every question. And not just like a, I want you to take a four second in, four second out breath. Um, that'll really help you to feel focused and confident. Number two is to not practice answers to questions. And I know this goes against everything everybody's ever done for, re uh, for interviewing, but just listen. Okay, so my method makes sense. Now there's a method to my madness. So one, you're never gonna know what questions you're gonna be asked in an interview ever. Like that's just, unless they literally send you the questions then you can practice your answers, but that's a very rare occurrence. So what I want you to do instead is I want you to go through your resume and I want you to pick out five, 10 things on your resume that you want to elaborate on in your interview. And it doesn't have to necessarily be from your resume, but just like five to 10 things that you think are going to like sell you and going to showcase like what you know. After you've done that, practice those. And what I want you guys to know is that you have a lot more power in the interview than you think that you do. You, when somebody asks a question to you, they don't know what answer they're necessarily looking for. So make it the answer that you want it to be, as opposed to try to fill in what their answer, what their expectations are for your answer. Um, I think this is huge. And I think 
like tailoring this or tailoring your questions to um, like what your individual experiences are going to be the best way to prepare. Okay, number three. These are like my big three rules that we always talk about in interview prep, but be honest, be specific and be authentic. Okay, so let's kind of break these down a little bit because they seem super obvious, but you'd be surprised they're not. Um, so just to kind of give you guys some context, I have applied for over 30 jobs myself. I have like ADD in this field and I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. Da, 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 da. And so that's, I've become very good at interviewing. Um, and I've also been on 13 interview panels. So I've been part of like hiring people on. And so that's just kind of a little background on me. So you guys can kind of see like, I'm not just making this up. <laughs> this is from personal experience. Um, okay, so be honest, don't lie. I'm gonna be very, it, you can tell right away if somebody's lying, just don't do it. It's not worth it. Um, be specific. Okay, so in an interview setting, you tend to kind of give the answer that you think is going to make you sound the best. So let's give an example. If I said, why do you wanna be an SLP? And um, you say, well, I just love helping people. Helping people is the best. I find my passion in this. Great, so happy for you. But that's a super generic answer and it's not creating a memory for the interviewer. So if you're seeing 100 people and that's you know what's coming up, you wanna create that memory. So instead, like my answer would be, well, my brother is dyslexic and I found language connections with reading really fascinating and I wanted to learn more about that and that's why I became an SLP. Which answer are you gonna remember? You're gonna remember, yeah, second one. So um, be specific. The last thing is be authentic. Now this is where your power comes into play. You, if you're applying to grad school, if you're applying to a job, you need to create top three like deal breakers, whether it's for grad school, it be finances or location or, you know, I don't know, uh, like specific setting you want to be in. Or if you're applying to your CS, like location, money, um, hours, um, productivity levels, all those things. So create a list of three things that are deal breakers. Regardless if you get the job or not, if one of that, if that job does not have one of those three deal breakers, walk away. Be authentic to yourself. Be authentic to what your needs are because I cannot tell you how many times people send me their resumes halfway through their CF years and are like, I hate it here. I need to get out. You don't want to have to be a person that transfers out of a CF midway through. It just creates so much stress. There's a lot of transferring of hours. It's a pain. So be authentic to what you need from the job, whether it's supervision or, hey, whatever it is. I talk about that but just be authentic to yourself the last thing I'm going to talk about is alter ego um alter ego is something that has changed my life a lot because basically it creates a shield for people who maybe aren't as comfortable being outside of like their comfort zone um so when you're in an interview I want you to step into someone else's shoes and basically create another person in that interview setting um for example right now my alter ego is totally on display and her name is the queen of confidence and that's kind of where this inner like I'm peppy I'm awesome I got this you know comes from now if you saw me all the time you would know that this is not who I am all the time but this is who I'm stepping up to be for the situation just like when you're in an interview, you need to step up to be a certain, have certain characteristics for that situation. Um, so that's kind of my last like big tip for interviewing. Yeah. I love that so much. The alter ego thing, like 
that is something as a new grad, when I first started working, I would put that on when I would be parent coaching or when I, cause so it's like, we are all familiar with that, but it's like, um, in like certain situations when you're like doing a therapy session or like a presentation, we need to think about that too, in interview situations. And when we're, we're, um, it's like, we might think to do that um, when we're being graded or when we're like working, but it's so important to do that in an interview. It's like the classic, but um, we've all seen like the memes of like the person in the mirror before the interview, like <laughs> putting a power stance on. It's like, really, you need to like have an alter ego. I, I love that tip. I've never heard that tip in the context of interviewing. I really, really like that. Um, and then when you said not practicing questions, it reminded me, my sister, um, when she was in medical school, if anyone's familiar with the process, they make you interview at like so many schools to get um, to get a residency spot. So it's like crazy amount of interviews. And I remember she said, I don't know if someone told her or what, but it's similar to what you said. And I hadn't thought of this in so long. And I honestly, I'm so happy you brought that up because I would have forgotten. And it's such good advice. She was like, um, she was like, you choose what you want to share and share that. So when you walk in, it's like, what do they want to know about me? What do they want to, um, what do I want to tell them? What do, what do I want them to think about me? And, and Taylor, the, you have, I like how you said, like, you have more control than you think in that answers to your questions, you know? Um, I really, really like that. I think that's such a good tip. And um, the creating a memory, that's such a good, I hadn't really heard that language with interviewing, but the idea of like, what is going to be more of a memory because they're interviewing so many people. So yeah, there's just so many good takeaways. Thank you. <laughs> it's just like, I hate to say it, but that's just like the tip of the iceberg. I have done countless of hours of research and experience that that's literally just the tip of the iceberg for like what I actually know about all of this, which is insane. Yeah. And I love it. That's why, like, when you love something, you get like obsessive about it. Like I'm obsessed, which is weird. So it's great. I, um, <laughs> I can't wait. I want you to, um, after we can talk a little bit about job negotiations and then afterwards, I really want to talk more about SLP resume because I feel like a lot of people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, help me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So, so job negotiations. Um, what are, what are, what are your tips? Like, how do you do it? I, I even have questions about that. Something that's somewhat newer to me and I'm going to get a little bit on a soapbox here. So this is a soapbox moment because I think it's necessary. And I think for everybody who's listening, they need to hear this. Okay. You are in a field more than likely that doesn't really like accommodate, um, your financial needs, really. Like nobody goes into this field to make a ton of money, right? Like that's just not what we sign up for. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't fight for more money and be paid for what you deserve. Um, a lot of times SLPs don't ask for additional compensation and they don't ask for raises and they don't ask for more hours of vacation because we're so empathic like empathetic and compassionate and we just like oh you just want to help everyone we are not getting paid for our wanting to help people we are getting paid for our knowledge we have master's degrees people like we need to not be so scared to ask for what we deserve we need to value ourselves we need to step into our own roles listen I'm sure there are men listening to this and I I know a lot of my clients are men 
Um, but women especially are so hesitant to say anything about money ever. And we need to break that cycle. I don't know where in the rule book it said like, hey, women aren't allowed, allowed to ask for raises or anything. Break the cycle, we're done. Um, so with job negotiation, what I think comes from that is one, if you don't feel comfortable doing it in person, send an email. Um, it's better than nothing. I think preferably it's in person, but I also understand how uncomfortable it is for people. So what I've actually done is created an email template for you guys to actually negotiate for you and it's on my website. Um, there's one for CFs and there's one for professional SLPs and I tailored it differently just because of the different experiences. The other thing that you can do is I want you to um, go on my Instagram page and there's a whole like blurb, like there's probably five or six job negotiating posts. And on one of them, there's a link to find out how much money you should be making in your area. Go research that, have that number in your head and ask for more so that you can kind of land on the appropriate number. The last thing that I want to tell, to tell you is I took a poll I don't know, a few months ago. And I asked people if they've ever been, or if a job has ever been rescinded or rescinded, rescinded. Yeah, one of those words. Um, because of asking for for asking for more money. And I think out of the 300 people or so that responded, um, I think there was three. So your likelihood of a job being rescinded, and if, if it's rescinded, then it's not the right offer for you. And that's where you have to be authentic with yourself. And that's what we talked about earlier. So it's not, it's, you walk away, you're fine with that. Because if they're not going to play, they're not going to offer you the money that you deserve. It's not, your, it's not your role. So don't be afraid to do that. Because the, 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 the I think what people get scared of is like the job is going to be taken away from them. And that's just not necessarily, that's not necessarily going to happen. So that was really a funky way of saying that, but yeah. Anyone who listens to this podcast consistently knows that like, I feel so strongly about asking for what you want. I am getting paid for the work that you do. I have talked about this so much. And this is one of the reasons why I prefer private practice because you have a little bit, it's a little bit easier to control, you know, getting paid for the work that you do. And like, Speechies RS, Jessica Bunnell, come on. And we've talked about this too. And it's just, it's so important. And it's like, yes, we, none of us are coming into SLP because we're like, we're, we want to be like millionaires. Like, yeah, obviously there's, it's just whatever. Okay. But you need to get paid for the work that you do. And it's amazing how many SLPs in private, even they're like, yeah, I don't get paid for report writing. No, if that's not in your contract, that's a problem. And you need to do something about that. I yeah. didn't even know that. I feel like that's like a standard. Yeah. You guys need to get paid for that. That's ridiculous. That's yeah. so much work. I know. I've heard that time and time again. I don't get paid for report writing. I don't have indirect time to do my chart notes and get paid for that. It's like so many things. And I'm like, no, people need to negotiate these things. And if they're not in your contract, you need to negotiate it. You can't settle for that. That's we have master's degrees and we have a lot of education and we need to get paid for the work we do. Lawyers, when they're, um, when they're writing anything, they're writing, they're charging for that. Like it's, it's common in other fields. And I don't know if this is such a female, um, based field that there's less of that, but I am just so glad to hear you say that because I, I feel really strongly about that. Yeah. 
so my brother's in grad school right now, actually, and he's more in like the technical side of things. Like he's an IT guy, like that's what he's into. And they're like already instilling confidence in them, like negotiate your jobs, negotiate what you need to. We never heard that in grad school. And I think that's where kind of the distant connect comes is like, are we allowed to? Like we're such rule followers that we're like, are we allowed to negotiate? Are we allowed? I'm giving you permission right now. You could negotiate. If anybody comes to you say, Demi from SLP resume said I can negotiate and that's that. You are allowed to negotiate. So yeah. If anything, like you should like the contract time is um a time to negotiate. It's a negotiation time. Like I don't know how many employers, and I don't like have a lot of evidence backs up. You probably do, but like I, I'm assuming employers when they give you a contract are assuming you're not just gonna like blindly sign it, right? Like of course there's gonna be things you want changed. I think a lot of times employers are like, oh, they're SLPs, they won't negotiate, they'll give them what we offer. Before I took this job, I had applied to another job and I'm not going to say where or anything because I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus, but they sent me a contract and it was very low, like very low. And I'm like, I have five years of experience. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm past this. I was making more in St. Louis. Like, this is not okay. So I sent them back my offer and it was $10,000 more than what they had initially offered me. And they came up seven. So it still wasn't the job for me because of other reasons, but don't be afraid to ask because that's like, I would have missed out on $7,000 a year. Like that's a lot of money. That's like, that's a vacation. That's a few vacations. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. The other thing too is like, don't be afraid to ask for extra vacation days. I think people forget about the vacation time, but that's definitely like a negotiable topic. So don't be afraid to do that. Let's quickly cover timelines for different settings for applications. And then let's um, talk a little bit more about SLP resume. What I didn't know when I first started SLP resume was that there's different seasons of like when resumes are due for different people. So right now, um, from August to December is undergrads applying to grad school with a few CF sprinkled in who are graduating, graduating in December. Come January, January and February are all medical-based SLPs, CFs, um, and professional SLPs. I don't know why this happens, but in the last few years, hospitals seem to be opening up jobs in January and February. Um, this could change obviously, but this is just the trend that I've seen. Um, March, April, May are education. So if you want to get your resume done by us, I would recommend having it in at least four weeks before you want to get started for searching because that's kind of our, our timeline right now. Hoping to get it down sooner, but it's a lot. Um, and then, yeah. So, and then June, July is a little slower, but we still have people applying to different jobs and grad school is kind of like starting there. So that's kind of the deal. Okay, that's really helpful because I, when I, when we were seeing about what we would talk about today, um, and I saw that I was like, oh, that's something that I think people don't really think about too much. And it's just an important piece of information. Um, okay, so before, um, before we end off today, can you tell us more about SLP resume, what people can find? I think that people after they're hearing this, they're going to be like, this is a very helpful resource. So you've talked a little bit about some of the things that you have, like you have the templates for negotiations, which I think is so huge. Um, yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about it and what people can find there? So just right off the bat, I do resumes, obviously. Um, I do offer free feedback and I wanted to do this because I know you guys have a lot of stress on your plate. I know finances are different for everybody, but I wanted a free resource for you. 
So if you just send in your resume, I'll usually get back to you within 24 hours and give you very general feedback on your resume. Um, and then also a price estimate. Now I do offer two options for resumes. I have a stress-free option, which is basically when you send it in and it comes back to you completely updated, you won't even recognize it. It's completely different. We put a lot of time into it um, and really showcase you as a person. I've never had a bad review. So that just shows you, and I've done over a thousand resumes at this point. So good feedback. Um, and then we also have a stressless option. So the stressless option is a little less expensive, but basically you'll get, I'll put between 50 to hundred comments on your resume, really tailor your feedback, and then you'll go in and apply everything. So I wanted to give you guys different options because I know finances are different. And so that's that. Um, interviewing. So if you feel even a little tiny bit more confident after listening to my interview tips, you're going to feel like that on steroids after listening or after meeting with me for interview prep. It's one-on-one. -on -one. I will basically pump you up to no end so that if you walk into any setting, you're going to be like, oh, I've got this. <laughs> so a big push for mine for interview prep, and it's actually probably my favorite thing to do, is basically build up your confidence, make you feel good about any setting, and give you a lot of really applicable interview tips um, and tricks, and we'll run through mocks. I'll, it's basically individualized to what you need it to be. Um, so not, not a single one is the same. The last thing we have is a ton of different templates on my website. Um, if you're writing your personal statement, I have a graduate school um, personal statement packet. It's 50 pages and it's step-by-step -step directions to actually guide you into walk or to writing your personal statement. I've got cover letters. I've got um, job inquiry templates. So like if you're reaching out to a private practice because you want a job there, I have a template for that. Um, a post-interview template. So, you know, those are pretty self-explanatory. And I've also tailored it to each level of like where you are in your career. So I have them for CFs and professionals um, just because I think the uh, experiences are different. So I wanted to make sure to showcase the different levels of experience. So um, besides that, you can find me on Instagram at SLP Resume and you can find me on my website, um, www.slpresume.com. Um, but yeah, everything's there. Okay. I'm going to have that all in the description of this podcast. So it's easy for people to click. So if anyone's listening and they're like, okay, I want to go to the resume. I want to go to the website right now. It'll be in the description of the bio. And with that, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad that we got to chat about this. I think this is going to be a really helpful resource and a great place to start. And then they can find more information on your website and your Instagram. So thank you so much. Of course. I'm so happy to be on and share some information. And like I said, that was just the tip of the iceberg. So please feel free to sign up. I'm so excited to work with all of you. And thank you again, Shannon, for having me here. Okay, awesome. All right. Well, make sure you check that out. And I will see everybody next Monday. Thank you.